We may have suspected already, but now the science backs it up. According to a study published by the Guardian in 2021, unmarried and childless women are the happiest subgroup in the population. Another article from Psychology Today also revealed that people who get married do not end up any happier than they were single, and they don't end up any healthier or less depressed than when they were single, nor do they enjoy any higher self-esteem. Welcome to another episode of the Toolkit for Twenties podcast. I'm your friend Kitty, as in Hello Kitty. Let's make these years count. Marriage has no benefit for you, nothing," said a male friend of mine recently. I replied, "Huh." <laughs> Statistics actually support my friend. In the UK, the rise of unmarried Britain continues as proportion of adults who have never wed increases from a quarter to almost four in ten in thirty years, with almost sixty of those aged thirty to thirty-four are now single. According to the U.S. Census Bureau's Americans Family and Living Arrangement 2018 data, that's a, that's very long. Almost half of all Americans are single. It's even more serious in Asian countries where I'm from, according to the information shared by the Ministry of Civil Affairs of China. The single adult population in China reached 240 million in 2018. Notably, this is the first time in six decades in 2022 that China's population is shrinking. According to another survey taken by Statistics Korea in 2020, 42.5% of people in their 30s have no spouses, up 13.3 percent points from a decade earlier. In Japan, it is estimated that in 2035, one in three men will be unmarried for life. God bless Asian population. Right after I graduated from college, some of my friends started getting married. One of them got engaged lately and asked if she should mail me some wedding candy to my house in in China. I told her,、uh, maybe just take a picture and send it to me. That's that's totally fine. If you send it to my home, it might inevitably spark some comparison or expectations from my parents. Now, before we jump to conclusions, let's be clear: this episode isn't about preaching that marriage or relationships are bad. Nor does it mean that being single is the only path to happiness. What it does suggest is that there is more to the story, and happiness isn't a one-size-fits-all scenario. So, whether you're single and loving it in a relationship and content, or just curious about what the future might hold. Join me in today's episode as we unpack these findings and delve into the beautiful complexities of love, relationships, and the joy of embracing yourself just as you are. So, what are the benefits of being single? Let's start with the first and also, in my eyes, the most important one: you learn to love yourself better. When you're not in love with someone. You have more opportunities to love the most important person in your life, yourself. According to Doctor Dada Sheet, and、um, please forgive me if I pronounce it wrong, people say a lot of times 
when they are in relationships that they've lost themselves, and that largely because we stop doing things independently. She also says that in relationships, people risk losing touch with themselves because they have less time alone to focus on their own personal development. When we are alone, it creates opportunity for being more in touch with something inside of us. Dr. Jenny Tide, clinical psychologist and author of How to Be Single and Happy, looks at being single as your chance to figure out your own personal mission statement. She says this is the critical time to figure out who you are and what you stand for. When we're not in a relationship, we really have some time to get clear about what matters to us and what we value. All in all, you make self-care a priority. I know partnership can be wonderful, as one of the French colleagues said to me. Companionship is good. We have someone with whom to share our ups and downs, as they do with us. But when we are single, we are required to focus on the areas of our lives that need attention. Some areas, such as working out, socializing with friends, taking time to focus on personal aspirations, and spending time alone, often get pushed aside in relationships amid our need to assist others. While single, there is no distraction that pulls us away from our. Own self-care and personal development. Plus, we learn to enjoy our own company. Being single doesn't necessarily need to be synonymous with being lonely. In fact, experts say that you can actually gain an appreciation for time alone. It's liberating to discover that we can enjoy our own company. Being content in our own company frees up from the need to chase others. When we learn to enjoy being alone, we become more selective about the company we choose, spending time with only those who improve our lives and contribute to our well-being. If you're listening to this episode right now, you're probably single, as me. Even though we always say, "I'm just gonna die alone," even though we make plans of living in a nursing home with our friends when we retire. Even though the data is telling the story of single people becoming the new norm, chances are that you still might start a family one day. Not because of social pressure or something, but mainly because it's a part of life experience. It's how the story goes if you meet the right person. And yeah, your friends might get married ahead of you and don't want to live in the same nursing house as you do. One day. There will be a partner that takes half of your time. One day, there will be a child who cries twenty-five hours a day. From then on, it's very likely that you find it so hard to squeeze a complete hour of yourself in a day. So, right now, when you're still single, spend time with yourself, talk to yourself, and heal yourself. Know yourself, understand yourself, and work on yourself. These are the compulsory lessons you need to learn when you're single. When you can give yourself enough love, you are complete. You don't need another person to fill the emptiness in your heart. There's a quote from the book Good to Great. It says, "Two mediocres never make a great company." And the same logic applies not only to the business world but also to the dating world. What I want to address here is that. 
I think it's reasonable to say you should spend time working on yourself, improving yourself, but not for the sake of finding a good half. No, the reason why we want to spend time on ourselves is just for us. It's just to make sure that we are already whole all by ourselves. A very common misconception is that you should be good enough so that you can meet your person. Nope. What I said was love yourself, not to perfect yourself. Self love means be kind to yourself, accepting yourself, and being gentle to yourself. Truly believe that you are good enough for everyone. We need to work on ourselves, better ourselves, not because we want to be perfect so we can match the perfect fantasy person. One of my best friends in uni, the girl who went to the Peking University,、uh, as I mentioned in the previous episode, once told me, "Kitty, one day you find someone who doesn't mind your height. One day you find someone who likes the way you hiccup. One day you connect with someone who appreciates you just as you are." So yeah, celebrate yourself, grow for yourself, and trust that when the time is right, someone special will recognize that and love you for exactly who you are—the real you, the whole you. Moving on to benefit number two, you have more opportunities to do what you want. One of my favorite podcasters from the brilliant show Psychology of Our Twenties began her podcasting journey after a breakup. Suddenly finding herself with an abundance of free time at night, she embraced her passions, and within just six months, she attracted over one million listeners. Talk about turning lemons into lemonade! I was so inspired, and okay, maybe a tad jealous too. Joyful jealousy. No. Let's get real here, especially my fabulous ladies out there. Dating, while it can be exhilarating, it's also incredibly time-consuming. Think about the hours you spend crafting that perfect reply to his messages. You type something, you delete it, and type again, or the time you record your voice messages for the third time. You know, don't even get me started on the emotional roller coaster following an argument. As a rookie tarot reader myself, I can tell you that ninety percent of the questions I've got so far are all related to relationships for both male and female. Now, don't get me wrong; I wholeheartedly believe that a thriving relationship can nourish both parties, enhancing their lives in beautiful ways. The equation one plus one is bigger than two really does hold true in many cases. But let's also be clear about the cost of love, time, money, energy. These are real investments, and they escalate when you throw marriage and children into the mix. Ever wondered why some women might lose their temper managing their children, like Kitty in the movie Oppenheimer, or why some men might linger in their cars after work, hesitating to go home? I know one of my male friends. Does that already? He's still single. Probably that's because he just got a new car. 
It's not necessarily disdainful family life, but perhaps a yearning for some personal time. To benefit number three, you get to spend more time with your family and friends. Yeah, it's all about priorities. If you're actively working on building a strong bond with a partner, your family relationships are going to take a backseat. You may not be able to attend family vacations or holidays, as you may be trying to make new traditions with your partner. Single life gives you the chance to spend more time with your family. You can visit your parents more often, spend holidays with them, and go on vacations with them. This is one of the best part of being single. Not having to go through any compromise whatsoever when it comes to your social life gives you time to focus on the people that matter in your life, on the person who love and cherish you from their core, and who are not faking their feelings towards you. Being single also means building stronger relationships with your friends, which tends to be what matters most when it comes to combating loneliness in the long run. A study published in the journal Contexts found that people who had always been single were more attentive to their friends and family than married people. People in romantic relationships may invest all their time and energy into their partner. But miss out on the stable base of having deep friendships that ultimately last the longest. The people who bounce from relationship to relationship are putting all of their time just in their partners, so no wonder they feel lonely. You feel lonely because you've let your friendships go. We happen to live in a society that has placed romantic relationships at the top of the hierarchy of connections, but that's just a social construct. We can choose the people and relationships that fill our lives without holding to that hierarchy. A person's relationship with their sister or best friend is not more or less important than a romantic connection, and it's unfair that those types of relationships have been devalued for so long. According to a research published in the journal Information, Communication, and Society, single people often have a more diverse range of people they consider close friends. I definitely agree with that, and they also apparently put more effort and time to keep sibling relationships strong. Benefit number four: You can take risks more bravely. When you are single, you are often more willing to embrace the unexpected and roll with punches, according to experts. A renowned New York-based psychologist and relationship expert puts it that way: It's almost as if you have no choice. When you are alone, you have to be more self-sufficient, and there is power in it. Without the constraints of a partner, the world becomes your canvas, painted entirely with your own desires and ambitions. The single life allows for a complete sense of ownership over your journey. Quote from another doctor: "You are more likely to take risks, seek out adventures, and discover new horizons." In a word, you are open, ready, and willing to see what life has in store for you. 
Take me for example. Um, back in undergrad, I was in a three plus one international program, which means I needed to spend the first three years in a Chinese university and my final year in Australia. At the very first class meeting, a senior advised. If you guys are thinking about dating in college, you have to ask yourself: Can this person follow you to Australia? If not, what's the point? That piece of advice really stuck with me, and I chose to stay single throughout my university life. Love is undoubtedly beautiful, but it can also become a tether. Among my friends in relationships, I've seen that. How love can influence major life decisions like postgraduate studies, job hunting, and career shifts. They needed to consider their partner's school, hometown, and their shared future. It's a sweet burden, yes, but for me, the sweetness might just cost my freedom at that time. I've witnessed breakups stemming from mismatched future plans. I know it's a it's a sweet burden, but for me, that sweetness might just cost my freedom. So when I decided to work in the UK, the relief was palpable. There were no long-distance relationships that I needed concern about. If I had had a boyfriend, I might have chosen to come back to China after graduation. I'm being honest with you, because I have what so-called love brain. In my view, A serious and healthy relationship means planning a future together. But I've also seen so many people make huge sacrifices for the other half, like giving up a top-tier university just to be closer together, and then broke up very shortly. That's too high a price to pay, especially in your twenties. When is the best time in life to take risks? When you're young, the cost of trial and error is at its lowest. It applies to your career as well. Research shows that being single gives people a little more flexibility, which can make them more available to jump on opportunities. They can take a job in a new city, or go to the book club meeting and make new connections, or have the ability to commit to an exciting project at work if they choose. Single folks make those decisions for themselves without the hesitation of worrying as much about other people being affected. Single people are also potentially more likely to value meaningful work, according to another doctor. And not having to worry about maintaining a relationship can mean putting more effort into your career. Imagine the future with a partner, with children. Will you still be able to live in another country without second thoughts? Quit a job you don't like easily? Chase your wildest dreams? Certainly, there are exceptions. A close friend of mine was encouraged by her husband to pursue her dream of studying in the UK, making up of some past regrets. The husband even jokingly threatened divorce if she didn't follow her dreams. But partners like that, they are rare. So cherish the freedom you have now—the freedom to take risks, the freedom to be your own person. It's a very special time in your life, one where you have the unique opportunity to truly live on your terms. 
This episode is not meant to convince you to stay single as long as you can and make your fair contribution to the single rate and low birth rate to your country, so we can all happily die alone together. Actually, looking back now, I regret listening to the senior in my freshman year, because that made me miss the valuable opportunity to try and think about what I really want, what I like and dislike in a relationship. So this episode. Is to tell you that if you're single now, then enjoy this time, enjoy this date, enjoy being yourself. One day, when the dazzling you finally meet the right person, you will both be a beam of light shining into each other's lives. I will use a quote from a Chinese TV show host to end this episode, whose name is Chen Ming. He says. The pinnacle of love is self-sufficient love. What do we mean by self-sufficiency? It means that when you don't have romantic love in your life, it doesn't affect you in any way. Your nights aren't lonely. You have your hobbies, your interests, your strength, your pursuits. You have your own values in a life that feels complete in itself. At this point, love isn't one puzzle piece meeting another. It's one whole circle meeting another whole circle. You have a self-sufficient life, and so does the other person. You are drawn to the person not because you need that person, but because he or she attracts you. When two such circles come together, it's not about fitting into each other; it's about expanding concentrically. When two such circles come together, it's not about fitting into each other; it's about expanding concentrically. You extend each other's radius to form a larger circle, moving forward with the attraction between you. When does a person need love? When your life is so complete that you don't need love, that's when you need it. When you objectively don't need love, that's when you're subjectively prepared. To embrace it. This is for today's episode of Tokyo Flower Twenties. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow the channel on Instagram, Tokyo Flower Twenties. The link can be found in the show notes. 
If you like what you've been hearing today, I encourage you to follow the show and leave a review, please. Tell me what you love about this episode. What is your favorite episode, or what you want to hear me talk about in the future? I'm your host, Kitty, as in Hello Kitty. Have a good rest of your day. See you in the next episode.